Wow. Okay, first of all, first of all, no hats. Kind of throwing me off. Well, my hair looks great, Chris. Yeah, it does. It's got yeah. a little curly cue there in the front. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Um, is that a uh, Bobby Kilty gamer? Love Bobby Kilty. I was a minor league teammate with Bobby Kilty. I've seen that guy do some insane stuff on a bus. I'm sure you have. I mean, he re he literally looked like Ronald McDonald. Oh, that's your own. You. <laughs> my, fi I figure my boys needed to pick me up. Oh yeah, they, need they do need a help. I'm throwing it out there for them, Chris. Yeah, but they are taking on the Chicago White Sox. And a little bit later today, I'll be talking to Lucas Giolito as we get ready for the next Rose rotation. Did you have to um, – and first of all, I want to welcome everybody to Baseball Today. It's presented to you by Tops NFTs today. Uh, did you have to hammer that out of the, the glass um, frame that it was in or no? I had Cooperstown send it, no big deal. Yeah. No, I have a lot of jerseys. Um, there was a point where I was doing Talking Baseball where I was wearing them all the time because it was like super – I don't know why I was wearing them. Maybe I just wanted to feel it again on me, Chris. But this one's a little tight. I gotta be honest with you. What do you mean? You're so much skinnier than when you played. Not this year. Hey, 2017. I was trying to reinvent myself, man. Oh, really? You got didn't, down, huh? Didn't work. You're trying to be that male model, walk that catwalk. I see. Hey, man. Okay. All right. Let's get to it uh, on this good Tuesday. Rays and Red Sox played one of the wildest games of the year on Labor Day. Right? Red Sox get out to a huge lead. They have Chris Sale on the mound. Then some weird shit just started happening. What was your favorite part of yesterday's 11-10 Tampa Bay win? There, were, there was a lot of fun things that happened in that game. We had the uh, Little League Grand Slam. Right. We had the actual inside the park homer. To tie it. Oh, Bach. Yep. My favorite part was, I think it was in the 10th inning, Nelson Cruz comes up professional at bat obviously because that's exactly what he does at the plate um scorches one to right renfro comes in on it makes the throw cruz reads the throw this dude's 41 years old his baseball reference page says 250 but i'm saying or it says 230 but i'm saying like 260 yeah big guy 270 maybe he takes second base on the throw dives head first beats the tag yeah that was pretty good like that's He's been the he's been the secret weapon for the Twins for a long time. Give the guy a one year deal; he's going to perform. He has twenty eight homers on the year. He's only fifty five homers away, I think, from five hundred. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love seeing the hustle out of him, the head first slide. Like that left a divot, but he got there, and I, I just I just love watching. Go ahead, RBI, and then the hustle into second base afterwards is really cool to see. Yeah, no, no, I thought it, there, there was so much, you know, Austin Meadows called it the best win of the year, and that's for a team that's won an awful lot of good games. Um, you know, the inside the parker to tie it, I thought was great. I didn't know quite what Meadows was looking at as he was rounding the base at second. Yeah. I kept looking back, I was like, just eyes forward. Like, almost like he's my 15-year-old son. I'm teaching him how to drive. Like, stop looking behind you. Let's go forward. But you mentioned it already. It's the second time we've seen an intentional balk. I think Corey Knable of the Dodgers, you know, tried to pull it off twice before having it work. And then yesterday, uh, Colin McHugh did it. And to me, it's fascinating. You know, like, I'm on a text chain with my brothers and one of my nephews, and somebody said, was there just an intentional balk in the Rays game? And I was like, yes, because they don't want guys stealing signs. They'd rather concede the run when you're up two than maybe, 
group of cookie. I, to me, it's just it's it kind of shows you where we are a little bit in the game in terms of paranoia. But I found it fascinating. It's straight up paranoia right now. At first, I was like, maybe he uh, McHugh who did it. Maybe he just likes to work in the wind up. I was like, why don't you just go in a wind up? Who cares about the runner? Obviously, they're thinking that they're being cautious just in case. Um, but it's funny. I mean, look, I wish you could just go to this. Like, hey, can you just go to third base? Like, why do you have to do the whole pageantry of actually balking? You don't have to do it with an intentional walk anymore. I bet you that'll be changed. Huh. If you want to balk, you can just say, hey, go. That's weird, but okay. It's interesting. Right? Well, we don't have to intentionally walk anybody anymore. Well, I know, but that's the difference between home and first. Whereas if you're telling a guy to go from second to third, like I wouldn't necessarily believe you if I were the runner. I'd be like, no, you're trying to get me off the base so that you could tag. Well, not tell the runner, but like tell the umpires and go. What would you do? What would be your intentional bot? Because there's a lot of ways to do it. Yeah, I like the old Johnny Cueto one at the uh, wild card game, you know, in the uh, in Pittsburgh. You know, the blackout game where you just kind of drop the ball while you're standing yeah. on the rubber. I think that'd be kind of a cool way to go. He didn't mean to do that one, right? No, he did not. That yeah. was not. That was the unintentional balk. But it <laughs> yeah. was pretty good. I think McHugh like started his or pick off to third or something like that. Yeah, it was really weird. It was it was weird, but I I just found it fascinating. By the way, real quickly, if they're not playing the Red Sox or the Astros, do you think they intentionally balk? Yeah. Everyone's paranoid. They're just going to do it just uh, to be cautious about it, for sure. Okay. All right. There you go. Let's move on to the uh, Dodgers. Got a nice win in St. Louis in Max Scherzer's hometown. Uh, he gave up one unearned run in eight innings, 13 Ks. Dodgers are 7-0 in his um, – in his starts this year since he got traded from Washington to L.A. Where is he right now in the National League Cy Young voting? In my head, I was like, he's probably still third or fourth. And then I started, ah. looking, up, whoa, I started looking up the numbers. Leads the National League and ERA, leads him in whip. Yep. Um, Second in case. A lot of stuff. He leads, he leads at the top of a lot of different categories. We don't have to go into them all. Okay. Uh, Vegas still has Bueller ahead of him. So still it's, has Bueller or Vegas, Wheeler? You cut out. Bueller. Vegas right now goes Bueller, Scherzer, and Burns is down to number three now. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's all going to come down to the last, what, two or three starts that they have, I think? Okay, but where do you have him right now? I don't care about Vegas. I'm curious just with your eyes. I think I still have him behind Walker because Walker had – it's a little bit of recency bias. Walker just had a really bad start against Yes, it is. So before that, I think everyone was like, it's Walker's to lose. Maybe did he lose it with that start? I hope not. I uh, hope he comes back strong and finishes strong. It's really going to come down to this. So I I'll still say Walker because I think Walker is going to finish strong. Uh, but that's not to say Scherzer can't just be dominant because he – oh, he says he's 37 years old, right? Mm-hmm. He's still doing yeah. man. So – I'll go. I'll, I'll put him at second. Uh, I would say, I think he has jumped the ladder. I think in part because when you go to a new team and you shine the way that he has, that sometimes in the voters' eye, he will he'll jump people. He just will. And I'm you mentioned it. First in WHIP, first in ERA, second is Wheeler in strikeouts third overall in 
pitcher war in the National League. Now, for some reason, it goes Wheeler, then it goes Wade Miley, and then it goes Max. Now, Wade Miley has had a fantastic year, but even Wade Miley would say, I have not had as good a year as Max Scherzer. So I don't know exactly how they come up with that figure. Okay? Tony, Great. I, I have no idea. It's it, it's kind of like quarterback rating in the NFL. Like, we all look at it, but we have no freaking idea how they come up with this thing. Like, I should – maybe I could find, like, a, a junior college course on how to decipher pitcher war. Do you think somebody – what do we think? I think there's a college course on I think you can probably just YouTube it. Yeah. That's everything nowadays, Chris. You just YouTube everything. Thank you. I would put it really close, but maybe just taking a college course would be fun again. I would put Scherzer – Bueller, Burns, Wheeler. But it is going to be as close a vote as I can remember. Yeah. Now that's ex- that is, we're talking about the separation being this big between one and four, in my opinion. And Wheeler does lead in strikeouts overall by seven, but yes. first in strikeouts per nine. Yep. Yep. It's all interesting stuff. Yeah. So uh, we do have some breaking news here. Uh, in the digital's collectible world, Topps recently announced the upcoming release of the 2021 Topps MLB Inception NFT collection. It's inspired by the popular Topps Inception baseball physical product. These are officially licensed NFTs. They're going to be available this Thursday, September 9th at 1 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on ToppsNFTs.com. So it celebrates baseball's promising young stars from breakout rookies to veteran mainstays. Also introduces the new beginnings. That's a set that celebrates both new and familiar faces in new places. So this Thursday, you'll be able to purchase five-card standard packs and 25-card premium packs via credit card with NFT card rarities ranging from common to legendary. It'll include iconic tops cards designs, motion animations, facsimile signatures, digital relic content, and more in bold art, uh, artistic styles. Uh, once again, it's Thursday, September 9th, 1 p.m. Eastern, only on TopsNFTs.com. It's a big thing these days. Hop in right now. I like it. All right, so we're going to move from 37-year-old Max Scherzer to 37-year-old Charlie Morton. Braves extended him for one year and 20 mil. Does that surprise you at all, including the dollar figure? No, it doesn't surprise me. I, I, I think they obviously like what he's done this year. Had a rough start to the season, but it's been really good um, overall. And in his last, whatever, how many starts they always say, Chris, there's no such thing as a bad one year contract. So they have this, they have him for 2022. Now, then they have the team option for 2023, which is always awesome for the organization. I think what they're seeing with Charlie is look, this guy still obviously has it. Um, They have a younger starting pitching staff with guys like, you know, freed. I, I keep, I always reference Freed as a young guy. He's 27 years old. Now. I know. Of, he's, not, he's not a kid anymore. Kind of nope. a step. Then you got our guy, Ion Anderson, and Mike Soroka. So a nice veteran presence there uh, with the pitching staff uh, is something that a lot of teams like to have, especially a guy that can perform still. You know, if you mm-hmm. can get both of those things together, that's really good. So it's worth $20 million for them for one season. Um, I looked at their – or I saw there's $77 million and money um, going to next year. So they have a ton of space to go try to extend Freddie, bring some other help in. I mean, they're right in their window, and they think that totally. Charlie so – I, I, I'm not shocked by it. I think it's a great move. And it wouldn't surprise me um, for them to go out and pick up 2023 uh, next year as well. He's just – you know, he's the kind of guy that it seems like he's, he's going to be able to do it for a couple more years at least. 
it's it's a it's one of the biggest no-brainers out there because a lot of the young guys you just mentioned with the exception of freed still have question marks in my opinion whether it's consistency in terms of performance or health and so if you've got a guy that's a good dude that from age 32 until now has had the best part of his career yeah. right 2017 he's on the mound when they when the astros win it all 2018 an era plus of 133 when you're talking about league average right around 100 2019 it was 144 during the pandemic screwed up season i i don't care about stats that, that was just a horrible year for everybody and then this year it's 126 so you need that you need a guy that is going to give you 175 innings that is going to teach other guys how to do things right that is going to be accountable and that can still get outs and he does all four of those things. So to me, it's just, I, I looked at it and I, I went $20 million and I took a step back. I was like, why not? Yeah. Why not? It works for him too. He wants to stay like in the Southeast yeah. he's from. He wants to be around his family. So for the Braves, they're like, let's just go do this now. Let's not give him a chance to go back to the Rays or anything like that. It's, it's a smart move by them. By the way, I know what you're laughing at. You're laughing at all the hair comments today. So Royal Royal Twist just said uh, Trev Sheffy with the swag sauce. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I think it's good, though. So is this your roll-out-of-bed hair? I just got out of the shower. I worked out this morning. Oh, excuse me. Do you yeah. want to do what I got going today or no? Yeah, I see it. Not terrible. Not bad. You got good hair for your age. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, that's always like starting with – well, I don't mean to disrespect the guy, but that's where you were going <laughs> with my hair. That's exactly where you were going with my hair. Painful. All right. Speaking of contracts, I watched Byron Buxton eat up my Indians yesterday, and I thought to myself, the guy's going to be 28 this December. He's inching closer to free agency. I'm going to fictitiously put a six-year, $120 million contract on the table. Byron Buxton's on one side of the table. The Twins are on the other. Which one is saying, I want no part of that? Maybe both. I think they both do. Um, the Twins offered him a contract already this year. It wasn't anywhere close to that, Chris. It was like seven years for 80 or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, the AAV is for six, 120 and then 780 is crazy off. Um, so, I think both might say no. I mean, Byron can go play next year. That hopefully the CBA will be renewed or whatever. Uh, so there'll be some more clarity for teams, maybe some more spending. Um, he was injured this year, started off great, could have another year, um, solid year next year, then go and have all these teams bid for him and probably get more guaranteed money than 120 because when he is right, he's one of the most talented players in the big leagues. So he's probably a top 10 talent. But you just said the key phrase because I, and I'm a huge fan of his. I don't, I don't really know him. I've interviewed him a, maybe once or twice. You played with him, mm -hmm. right? You yeah. know him. Okay. Know. Yeah, of course. 2018, played 28 games. 2019, 87 games. Last year, he played in 65% of the games. This year, he's played fewer than 40 because of two long stints on the injured list. Um. I hope he's not one of those guys that has to continually prove himself on one-year deals because of the injury bug. Because when he's out there, there you, you said it, there aren't 10 more exciting players in this sport. And it bums me out that I don't see him enough. He's so talented that he won't have to do that. Um, 
even if he goes next year and the market isn't what it seems, he's going to surpass the deal that the Twins offered him, at least in total guaranteed money. There's no doubt in my mind. Teams will take that chance with a player like Byron because his skill set is so unique. Like, they'll, they'll take a chance on him. So I think, like I said, both teams will probably say no to that because the Twins would have offered that already. Yeah, they've, they've, never, they've never offered that big a contract to a guy. Well, they did it one time. Joe Maurer, they gave him, what, $180 million. That's all. That's, it, this new regime, I thought, would be a little bit different. It hasn't been too different. I mean, they did hand out the money to Josh Johnson for $96. So, yeah. they, they're, you know, they, they'll spend. And there's no way this team, they could say to anybody on that team, that we're seriously trying to contend and then also trading Byron Buxton or not trying to extend him, like really trying to extend him. So it's either you offer Byron a contract this offseason or you trade him, you trade Donaldson, you trade Duffy, you trade Rogers, you trade everybody. Because if you don't, if you get rid of Byron Buxton, then you're not contending. You're not trying to compete. Well, and there we go. That's the most we talked about the Twins feels like in about two months. Don't get me fired up. I'll get fired up. This I know you will. You I know you will. At least you remember. Uh, last one. We're going to get off the baseball uh, path for just a second, but humor us. If you haven't seen the clip yet on John Boy Media, the rodeo clip of three clowns. Like, there's one guy getting beat up. What are we doing? Are we caught between window, the two bro. ferns in the back? What did you just do? I shot a window. Are you cold? No, there was um, oh, a blow. Oh, the gardeners are back. Yard what did you What did you call – what did you say last time? You didn't Land call them gardeners. Landscapers? No. Yard people? Something else. I forget what it was. If anybody can help us out in the chat, I forget what it was that you called them. Uh, it was funny, though. I can't remember. At any rate, uh, so we're talking about the rodeo. There was one clown who was getting attacked, so another one came in to help him against the bull. That didn't really work. And then the third clown comes in and gets launched out of the arena like 15 feet in the air. Now, Ploof, everything has got a price. How much money would it take you to be a rodeo clown for a night? There's no – I wouldn't do it. Like, anyone that's – People might say, oh, yeah, like, I'll do it for this amount of money. And then you get next to a freaking bull and you say no. Like, it, it needs to be life-changing money because guess what? That could be a life-changing experience where you saw that guy get freaking booted, dude. I don't want any part of that. Nope, Zero? I mean, $10 million, maybe. That's what I'm saying. Everything is got $20 million, maybe. I don't even know, Chris. It's not worth it. Break your neck? Well, that one's probably a soft landing. <laughs> Did you see that guy? I don't care what Dude, kind of vest you have on. Your neck can still snap, man. This is why I love calling battle bots, because that's what happens to the 250-pound machines that I'm calling through the air, but I don't have to worry about, oh, my God, did it break its neck? Like, if it broke its neck, it broke its neck. We got another robot in there. It's not a big old deal to man. me. Uh, two things. You know, I started my TV career in Reno, Nevada, so we used to have the Reno Rodeo. And one time, I don't know if we're gonna find this clip. I'm I'm doing the steer decorating contest with my with my lead sports anchor, John Killerin. So I'm holding the steer, but there's like 20 head of steer out there. There's 40 humans and 20 head of steer all at once. So it's total chaos. <laughs> Another bull comes in, puts its nose right in between my legs and lifts up and hits me right in the onions. Right in the onions. 
How'd that feel? Shitty. <laughs> and we aired it on the news that night because we were both mic'd up shooting it for a piece. And uh, we aired it on the news and everybody's laughing. And of course, everybody uh, goes to Michelle the next day at her school because they all saw the clip, all the teachers, and they go, is Chris okay? <laughs> Chris okay? Walking What's around all bow-legged for about a week. Number two, you know whose dad was a rodeo clown in baseball? I feel like I do know this. Former NLCS MVP, Cody Ross. Mm, I didn't know it. Yeah, grew up in New Mexico, and his dad was a rodeo clown. Interesting. You know, um, Taylor Hearn, he does a little bit of roping. Really? Yeah. I don't know about rodeo clowning, but he does some roping. Yeah. I, I, in answer to the question. He's so tall. It would have to probably be about $5 million. I think that's my – and by the way, everybody helped us out. Yard maintenance. That's what you called them the last time. Yeah. Yard maintenance. If you want to go get hurt by a bull, I'll take care of your beautiful family. Thank you. I'll make you I that. appreciate that. Well, I'll be all paid up on the life insurance. So, well, you know, I have to get paid that $5 million plus all the life insurance on top of it. Plus I'm all paid, the royalties. I'm paid up on mine, too. I worry about that all the time. Oh, yeah. No, you got to check. When you're doing something dicey, you know, like when you're doing the sausage race, you better make sure. I mean, look what happened to Jimmy, for goodness sakes. How's he doing, by the way? Is he better? Uh, who cares? He's fine. He doesn't need legs. What do you have coming up on John Boy? I'm going to record right now with the boys, actually. I'll ask him how he's doing for you. Uh, our Wednesday episode, we record today. We're going to be bringing each bringing one topic and then going through it. Uh, I, have okay. a, I have a really good one. I don't want to spoil it. Ooh, right. uh, yeah, sequence comes out today. I did the Jeter flip play, broke it down. Um, don't remember it. Had some interesting takes on it. It was fun to go through it and watch the video and kind of like see exactly what happened. And I like it. Hey, in, in the clip that you rerun, did Jeremy Giambi ever slide or no? Still yeah. hasn't slid, huh? Still hasn't. Somebody should tell him sliding's free, man. I don't know if he would have – I think he would have been even – he would have been even more out if he would have slid, to be honest with you. He was laboring. Put it that way. He was laboring to get home. What do you got? Uh, so we still have the Miguel Rojas. Uh, that came out yesterday. Uh, obviously, things are a little bit slow because of the Labor Day holiday, so it is there for your consumption. And today I'm going to be interviewing Lucas Giolito for the first time in about probably six weeks since I caught up with him. It's been a while. So looking forward to that. I know he's a little banged up. We'll figure out how his hamstring is, how he's doing. Uh, he's out on the West Coast trip in Oakland. So I'll actually tell him how you're, you know, hating on his White Sox and rooting for the A's. Well, I'm not hating on them. They don't need any help. They're cruising into the playoffs. Well, that's one thing we're going to talk to him about. They have not been pushed for months. And if he's worried about them having to turn it on. I'm not worried about them at all. Okay. I think it's a legit question. It is. It is. You want to be hot going into the playoffs for sure. Yeah, and they haven't been pushed by anybody. Yeah. So we'll bring that up. All right, we're going to do this again on Wednesday, 1130 Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific, right? Yeah. Don't forget to check out your Tops NFTs. It's coming your way on Thursday, September 9th, okay? TopsNFTs.com at 1 o'clock Eastern. Bid on it live. Should be good. All right, Ploofy. Best hair in the biz, man. And wear that jersey all day around the neighborhood. I want to see, yeah. One or two buttons.
Oh, yeah, you could go Napoli, like three or four, all the way down to the navel if you want. Mm. Yeah? Love you. See you later. Peace, everybody.